and thank you so much for tuning in. Before we even get started, before I even tell you my name, I want to tell you a secret. Things are changing here on the podcast. The Anne Grace Fills podcast will soon be called The Strategic Hype Show. The mission is going to remain the same. I'm here as your practical encourager to help you get your yay back in life and business. I want you to have real tools to tackle whatever is in your way. That's the strategic bit. And I want to cheer you on. That's the hype. Um, And I'm so grateful that you are here listening and investing time in yourself. Now, I'm Andrea, I'm your host, and on today's episode, we have an interview with my friend Jansen Jolly Miller, and if that's not the coolest stinking name, I don't know what is, Um, it just rolls off the tongue. Jansen is a coach, a small business consultant and speaker who helps business owners create real breakthroughs for their personal and professional growth. As a practical encourager and strategic partner, she champions entrepreneurs to remove barriers to their success and grow their impact. That leads to improved intentionality for their health, family, business, and community. You guys are going to love this episode. Jansen is my business coach. She's a dear friend. And today we are talking about authenticity in community, relationships, and business. Let's go. Jansen, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. It's a great day to be here. Are you just saying that because I fed you lunch or... No, I'm just kidding. You know. It, well, it's Friday and you fed me lunch. Yeah. So, yeah. And podcasts are so fun. And this is just... This is a this is a blessing. And I think people listening will figure this out is like we vibe so well. Don't we? <laughs> like this is just going to be another conversation where people are listening being like, what are they on? You guys so. are either going to be like, thank you so much or feel like I owe you an apology. We'll see. But I promise you, you're going to get value. For sure. Guarantee. Today with Jansen, we are going to talk about authenticity in community, relationships, and business, and whatever else that we want to find authenticity in while we talk. So before we get into the nitty gritty, Jansen, you want to tell everybody how we met? I actually don't really remember the specifics. Well, we met through the treasury. So... I just like I, so many good stories. There we go. And I had just started at the treasury at the time. I was about eight months into a church consulting business in the middle of a pandemic. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, so whenever I had multiple people that I already knew that were there, they told me you need to meet Andrea. And out of nowhere, I see this girl wheel her chair at me. It's true. From across the room. And on said, a concrete floor, just sliding in those DMs. She did. And she said, I want to be your friend. And I was like, that's the kind of energy I need. Because I'm <laughs> usually the one that's, that says that to people. So I knew immediately that we were going to be friends. That's why I love to tell these stories. Because they're all weird. That's just the energy I bring. Is like, it's amazing how many times I will see people and just be like, let's be friends. When can you meet me after we're, we're doing that right now? It works. And this is very on topic, on brand for today's conversation, because I think, especially in friendship and in community, sometimes, especially as women, we feel the need to dumb ourselves down, or we have to be non-threatening, or we can't come on too strong. Like, we have to shape shift in order to 
expand our circles and to find new friends. When at the end of the day, if we just cut all the crap in the meantime, we would find our community faster. We would thrive with mm. people because you're not having to put on a mask. That's so, so good. It. I knew you were my people because you were yourself. And, and quoting Home Alone. Oh, God. <laughs> that, see, I knew we were going to be friends, but I didn't know we were going to be people until we were using Home Alone quotes to each other in actual conversation. Like, people around time. us thought we were just having a conversation, but you and I knew we were speaking our own <laughs> secret weirdo language <laughs> with Home Alone quotes. It's fantastic, yes. And, yeah, I love all that. It's so true. I think age, the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't care. If you say no, I'll be like, cool, at least I tried. Moving on to the next. None of this weird energy time-wasting thing. And I agree with you, yeah. My, my point of view, Jenny Carl said... Um, I think you need to meet Jansen. And I was like, okay, Jenny knows a lot of smart things. So I'm going to listen. And I was like, she told me a little bit about you and your business. And I was like, oh yeah, girl, we need to meet. And so when you were there, I saw Jenny talking to you and I just wheeled over. I don't, I don't even know what I was on that day. I'm just, it's not often I just wheel across the room to a stranger, but, uh, it worked. I love it. I'm glad you did. And one of my friends said this to me, her dad gave her this advice the first day of college. And I wish I would have had it because I did not have the typical social college experience. But he said, you have to realize everyone else is just as uncomfortable as you are. Mm, that's so true. So like whether you're walking into a room where you don't know anyone or you're walking into a room where you know a lot of people, but you feel awkward about approaching people or starting conversations, you have to realize that everyone else is just as uncomfortable as you. And worst case scenario, if you walk up to somebody and say, hi, oh my gosh, I want to be your friend. And they look at you like you're crazy. And this, I, this has happened to me multiple times. There's a one in 10 chance this is going to happen. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. And you just have to let it roll off your back and say, okay, you're not my people. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, you are going to make a connection and you're going to make somebody feel like a somebody. Yeah. And that's what matters. And I think too, bringing in that energy and just rolling across the room or just walking straight up, hey, let's be friends, man, that just breaks down that awkwardness for the other person too. It just lets them say, oh, somebody, who doesn't want to say, oh, they're interested in me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, and and that's, I'm I'm not saying that I stop and think through that. I'm, it's just that Enneagram 8 energy. I just feel it in the gut and I go for it. It's just in the moment thing, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but on the broader scale, if you had to define authenticity, what would you say? In a quick way, it's just being your true self. And how I got started with making authenticity one of my core values is that I'm a three. Mm -hmm. So the unhealthiest version of me is very inauthentic. And my career right out of college was banking and corporate, very formal, put on a mask, pretend like you care about mm, crap you don't yeah. care about try to schmooze and booze and shake hands and, you know, rub shoulders with people that just aren't your people. So it wasn't until I was later on in my career that I realized I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because I am, and I didn't know about the Enneagram at the time. I didn't know that I was a three, but reading about the threeness and when you're at your unhealthy, unhealthiest version of yourself, when you just have a mask on and you want people to like you and you're willing to shape shift in order to fit other people's expectations of you, it made me realize how many years I had wasted all of my energy 
that makes me me, my secret sauce, mm-hmm. I'd wasted it because I was too busy trying to be like somebody else. That's so good. And I think like the Enneagram three is so strong in that for sure. Um, not to tell you how bad you are at life, but like <laughs> it, it's like a, it's a known trait. Um, but I also think that every single person has that in them to some degree. So we're all trying real hard at name whatever you want. Like we're all trying to make a good impression, to fit in, to make friends, to build community, to feel better about ourselves. And so um, what what was that moment like when you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm so tired. Was it like a specific moment or, oh yeah, it was. Okay, tell me. I I had what I call an authentic epiphany. Mm. And and the long and short story is I'm gonna try not to make this a ten minute story, but it's it was that life changing for me. Is um, I was working for I was working in corporate America. I had just gotten married and had moved to California, but I kept my job and was working virtually, which meant I was in a land sixteen hundred miles away from my family. I knew no one other than my husband who was working seventeen hours a day, and. Like, the only person I interacted with on a daily basis was Janet, the Safeway checker. Like, nobody. And when you don't use communication skills, you lose it. (laughs) Like, I can remember scaring the dog crap out of my neighbor because I just wanted to talk to him because I had nobody else to talk to. And he was just trying to go home to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, no, I can't have you leave yet. Like, that's how bad, that's how deprived I was. So six months after I got married, they flew me back. The company flew me back for a... Back to... Back to Oklahoma City. And we had a photo shoot or a client meeting or something like that. And the entire first day, and again, I'm out of practice. I lost all of my ability to put on the mask. All Mm -hmm. of my corporate America training of fake it and know how to talk and know how to act and impress people and look good and act good. I lost all of that. I mean, it... Being in California, like God beat that out of me because I couldn't use it. Yeah. So not that God's a bad guy, like not like a beat, you know, but in a good way. I was abused. In a good way, I lost it. Um, so the whole first day, I I just numerous times saw my boss look at me and just the look of mortification, just whoa, because I kept saying the wrong thing, and she, I could tell she was like what's wrong with you? You know, wow. cause she, she was used to a version of me who was very polished. And finally we went to dinner that night and I think we were at Cheevers, which if you're not from Oklahoma city, I mean, Cheevers is one of the best places and we're going around the table ordering drinks. And I'd asked the waiter about a certain drink and he said, Oh, it's not great. It's really sweet. And it's just kind of watered down, honestly. I look at him in the face and I'm like, oh, barf. And I look across the table and my boss is looking at me like I have a third eye. Oh, man. Like, I know that that doesn't sound like a big deal, like saying, oh, barf. But to your corporate boss. It's a different level of like shoulders back, head up, say the right thing, like you're always well-spoken. And I remember this feeling of, I I got home that night, back to my hotel room, and I, I cried. I was exhausted from the flight. I was exhausted from being there. Uh, life was just difficult at that time. I was lonely. I was so sad. And I just cried and I just asked God, why didn't you make me more like my coworker? Because she's so polished and she always says the right thing and she's so well-spoken. Why didn't you make me more like her? And that is a story I've been telling myself 
for as long as I can remember. I can remember being in high school wondering, why didn't you make me more like her? She's so mysterious and she's so well-spoken. And I'm over here, storyteller, making a fool of myself, cutting it up, talking a million miles an hour. I've always wondered, and because in my mind, like the feminine version was like very mysterious and mm-hmm. you only speak when spoken to. And then here I am and I'm like the the female, like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so... I just had this breakdown and I'm bawling and, and God was so clear to me. This is one of the first times I really heard him speak when he said, I did not make you like her because I made you like you stay in your lane. And all of a sudden it just made me realize of like, I've been wasting so much time losing out on the precious energy and the precious gifts that he's given me Mm -hmm. because I've been too busy trying to be like other people. So from that moment on, for good, better, worse, just crap show, whatever it is, I committed to being like me. And ever since then, my energy is out of this world. I am seeing the most abundant blessings because I'm no longer worried about being like somebody else. Holy cow. You gave me chills. Chills. Full body chills. (laughs) It's from another (laughs) podcast. Don't tell them I said that. Holy smokes. That's so good. And So, oh man, so many good questions to follow that up with. So when you had that moment, it doesn't mean that you just suddenly were fixed and you're like, hey, great. I never struggle with any inauthentic imposter syndrome, doubting myself ever again. Um, How do you manage that now? I know that overall, let's say like the water level is probably at a much healthier place, but like overall when you are dealing with those day-to-day struggles or, you know, month to month, something weird happens, how do you pivot from that and, you know, go back to that moment and say, no, 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 no. Remember, 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 like, what is it that, that keeps you grounded when those voices come back? I think one part of it is community. I think being surrounded by people who truly know me and who can easily call me out when I'm not being true. Because not in a bad way, not in a hateful or shameful way, but just as a, hey, hey, you don't have to do that. You know, you're, you're good. You're good here. This is safe. So I think having community that truly cares about you and knows you is a big deal. But, but the hard part is, and this is especially big with personal growth, is you are going to change. You're going to improve. You are going to grow. You are not always going to be the version of yourself you were yesterday. So the key is knowing yourself. The key is knowing your rhythms. The key is knowing what feels good to you, what feels natural to you, what I like to call your flow is. The key is knowing that so that worst case, if I'm with somebody who loves me dearly and and I've advanced on my journey or I'm you know reading a book that's really helping me pull out of my shell and I'm, I'm throwing off some limiting beliefs that no longer serve me and I'm acting a different way if they go, hey, you're off or you're doing something different. Because I know myself so well, I can say, well, hold on. Thank you. Thank you for that. But also, here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm working through. This is why it feels a little bit different. Because I think sometimes the people closest to us, they know us so well, but they almost like we almost can dumb ourselves down because we never want to grow because we don't want to change for the people that know us right now. But so long as we know ourselves, we can explain to them along the way, no, this actually is me. Mm, yeah. But, you know, I'm growing or this is what I'm going through. That way people don't feel bamboozled. Yeah, that's so good. 
I think one of my favorite, I wouldn't call it a motto necessarily, but I think one of my favorite uh, things to remind myself of is like, there's, there's something in us that we all were, we're captivated by celebrity and big lives with big bank accounts and with big beauty. And, and it's easy to want that and to emulate that, but you know, we're not made for fame. I don't believe that. I just don't believe that we're wired for that. But also one of my favorite things to remind myself of is is that I would rather be surrounded by people who are proud of me but are not impressed with me. Ooh, that's good. Than, you know, people that are just going to be like, oh, my God, you're the best, because it gets old after a while. And especially you, I mean, you do speaking, and, you know, anytime you're on stage, people are going to swarm you and say, oh, my God, that was so good. That changed my life. I love it. And that's good, and those are authentic feelings in the moment. But at the same time authenticity is a bigger story than one small success or even a string of successes or fame on the mountaintop. And I think one of the keys there too is, and and using social media wisely, I love that Instagram has gotten away from like the planned, beautiful aesthetic. Like we just from COVID, like that made Instagram more authentic because people were so tired of faking it that we all joined together and now authenticity is what we desire. I hope this trend never changes because I think it's really important. I'm not saying you need to like share your whole baggage, but I'm very intentional about putting pictures or talking on camera without makeup on, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm a robe gal. Like I will, you know, have an Instagram story in my robe and be like, it's legit. It's nine 30 on a Tuesday and I'm having a gentle Tuesday and I'm gonna be real with you. Mm-hmm. Because I think the second that you look at these in, like influencers, and I I have no disrespect towards them, but I feel I feel bad for them because they're holding themselves hostage to this version that people that they think people want to see, but they're not giving themselves the leeway to be able to change or grow or just have an off day. And when you don't leave yourself that slack, that's that's when the rub happens. That's when you experience the burnout. Is when you don't give yourself enough grace to grow. Ooh, ooh, girl, y'all can see it. I'm like shaking a white hanky over here like, oh my gosh, the girl preaching. Dang, I have so many more questions, but we do have limited time. Um, Just to piggyback off that social thing, like what what is a way that you try to personally implement we're just going off script here, but how do you implement authenticity on that level, but then also on the bigger level in day-to-day life? Like, yes, I'm authentic when I'm on the stage and I'm bearing my soul, but I'm authentic on my Instagram and I'm authentic in my marriage. Like, how does that all happen in the flow? Mm. Well, I love that word. And I think I'm going to piggyback on that is, you know, I love the word flow. Yes. And I, I truly believe that you do your best work when you're authentic. That's one of my driving forces is you do your best work when you're authentic because you're able to hit a state of flow. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's from the Lord. I believe that that is creativity and energy that the Lord gives you whenever he knows that you are believing that you are who he calls you to be, that, that you're no longer having this rub with who you're supposed to be or, or you're not believing the lies about yourself. You're in flow because you believe that you're a child of God and that he gave you something incredible to give the world. 
So you, you do the best work when you're authentic because you're in flow and you can't be in flow if you're faking it. Mm, so good. I mean, and that applies to business. If you're trying to be somebody you're not, and I'll, I'll be really honest with you, as a church, starting a church consulting business, I really struggled. My target audience was, I mean, small churches. That's usually run by males who are sometimes not comfortable with a woman being in a leadership role. So I found myself, this was last year, with this rub because I was always wondering, can I wear my ripped jeans? What if I accidentally say a cuss word? Like, should I wash my hair before this call? Like being so hyper vigilant Mm -hmm. about appearance. And that's how I knew I can't be in flow with this at this stage of my growth. I need to take a step back and I need to pivot that business and maybe put it on cruise control for a little bit because God is working something out in me. That's so good. And so whether you're in business, whether it's your personal life, you have to recognize when you feel the rub of I'm not, I can't be in flow because I'm faking it Mm -hmm. and make some necessary changes so that you can get to a space where you're not having to be sucked. the, The life is sucked out of you all the time. Yeah. And I, I hear more and more, businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and you and I were both in that call this morning where people are just saying, your personality is the greatest asset you have. And bringing yourself to the table is a strength for your business. Um, Instead of trying to conform, I mean, I'm just hearing that ripple across the business entrepreneurship community. And I feel like it's so true. And it brings so much more freedom when you can just relax and not have to rob the energy from your true self to be someone else. And all it's doing is stifling and hindering and robbing that from your creativity, right? So if I'm trying to say, and and part of our story too is my business was originally started to be a consulting and writing business for small churches to help them raise money because that's my expertise. And I had the exact same problem where it's just like, I don't feel like people want to know this information and they don't want it from me. So it was that wrestling and like, why don't I just be true to who I am just like I would be outside of business right? And rely on the community I've built in Oklahoma City and then let the business thrive through who I am and through the community that's already established instead of faking it and forcing it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's so gross. Dear listeners, if you just can't get enough of my smooth, sultry voice, I have got great news for you. I will be speaking at Polished, Oklahoma City on Tuesday, April 6th at 12 p.m. And I'll be talking about all the single ladies. I promise not to sing the song or at least try not to sing the song because I can't afford it can't afford those royalties here. Anyway, I know you can barely contain your excitement. So while you're anxiously awaiting the event, go to polishedonline.org slash Oklahoma City for info on the upcoming meetings and to buy your ticket for the April event. I can't wait to see you there. If you're listening to this podcast, you are the type of person who wants to grow and develop and take charge of life. You probably have goals you want to accomplish and you want to live out your best story, life with meaning and with impact. 
If that's you, I've got the perfect thing to help you win big at life, and it is Go Win Community with Hetty Coleman. Go Win is not just another feel-good meeting, even though you will get fired up. It is movement-oriented. None of us can win while we sit still. These groups provide genuine feedback and honest accountability, and these members are committed to helping each other pursue their individual wins. This community will give you a boost of healthy challenge and lots of support. It's a robust and healthy place to make real progress on that next goal or that next win. In short, Go Win is going to help you thrive through vibrant relationships. And I know what you're thinking, groups like this probably cost a lot of money. False. I promise you, no matter how much money you make, you can afford to be in this group. I was recently in a small Go Win community and it was pivotal for my business and my focus. So for details, go to hedycoleman.com and click Go Win Community. You will not regret it. Okay, Jansen, we've talked about the story behind authenticity for you, how it became like a real life or death situation for you. And we've talked about, you know, what it is. Now let's talk about how do we do it? Authenticity is not, I wish humans, we had little little switches we could flip and be like, yay, I'm authentic now. Cool. Level up. But piggybacking off what we just talked about, um, the first thing I want to ask is like, how would you say, or how would you um, recommend people find that true North or get in touch with their authentic self. That's good. Well, I think like know thyself is a big thing. So I think, and I have a lot of people like as a coach who will say like, Oh, I want to set these goals or I want to do these things. And I'm like, step one, let's get true to who you are. Mm. Let's really dig in. Because I think once you understand what fires you up, what you're passionate about, what are your gifts, What are the talents you naturally bring to the table? Once you get into who you are and what makes you tick, then you can go on to growth, right? But it all starts, like you said, like with truly knowing yourself. So, I mean, in my coaching practice, and you know that, that's one of the first parts of the practice that I take people through is really uncovering the nitty gritty about that person. So I think it's interesting to start, and this sounds very woo-woo, but it's like thinking about your passions. I mean, to me, everything connects, even in my business. It connects that one of my passions is storytelling. It connects that one of my passions is being outdoors. Like all of these little things really help me understand how I can be better, not just as a person, but as a professional, as, as a, as a friend. I mean, as a, as a wife, they all connect but we have to start with really who we are and who God created us to be. And that means really digging deep. I personally have gone to personal growth conferences. I know that's kind of sometimes taboo for Christians because it sounds very voodoo magic, but I'm, I'm very big on like, I really work hard to toe the line between Christianity and personal growth because too far into personal growth and you become your own savior. Mm -hmm. You become like the master of your own ship. And, and I always say like, God is the CEO. I'm the COO. I'm here to operate. 
but he is mm. the one guiding it. Wow. But I think so often as Christians, and whether people are Christians or not that are listening to this, like especially though as Christians, it can dive into you feel like, oh, I need to make myself smaller because I can't, I can't think about more. I need to be content with what God gave me. But if you're thinking like that, you're missing out on all the opportunities that he has for you to really leverage what he already gave you. Mm. He's a God of abundance. He's not a God of scarcity. So I think that it all starts in knowing what feels good for you. Like what is your true north? Like you said, knowing yourself and then being willing to step little by little into growth. That's so good. Uh, And my journey of authenticity is ongoing as is everyone's, but in, uh, in 2018, I had a personal, I had my first midlife crisis, hopefully my last. I'm too young for a midlife crisis, but <laughs> Can't have another. I'm not trying to overachieve here, but um, just a really, I mean, honestly, it was like a crisis of faith, of community, of a lot of different things. It just felt like so much of my life was crumbling around me. And one of the coolest things that I learned and one of the hardest things that I worked out was finding myself. And I looked around and I was like, the people I'm spending the most time with are fabulous people, but I'm trying to change what I like and enjoy and how I dress to be like everyone around me. And that year I gave myself permission to really get back, get back in touch with myself. And I started asking myself those questions like, well, what do I like? I don't, and nothing against my roommate at the time, she wanted to watch Nashville and I wanted to watch Forensic Files. And so it's like, we could not have been so lame. (laughs) We couldn't have been more different. Abby, I love you if you're listening, but like we couldn't have been more different. And so I gave myself permission and I found new friends and I was like, oh wait, you know what a body farm is? Tell me everything. So (laughs) that's a true story. Shout out Hannah Homburg. So like we, I found my community when I found myself. And so finding, what do I like? I went to like 14 concerts that year. I got into all the true crime that I used to be into. I started reading more. I started my music, uh, my music tastes kind of shifted back to what I was used to like. Um, and the way I dress changed, I just let all that stuff fall apart and fall aside. And that's good. Cause you hear, especially women, you hear from women who either are years into their marriage or years into motherhood, and they say, I don't even know who I am anymore, right? They've, they've lost that identity. Yeah. Well, it, it really is as simple as if you genuinely don't remember what you used to like, you have to get back to the basics. You have to get back to the basics and just start trying a bunch of crap. You have to just throw it at the wall and see mm-hmm. if it sticks. I mean, you know, go to a movie by yourself. Yeah. One of, one of the best things that I did to really tap into who I was because – I'll be honest with you, like early into marriage, like life was so intense in Silicon Valley that there was one moment where I just packed up the car by myself and went to the beach for three days. And I was like, I need to hear my own voice. I need to read books. I need to watch whatever I want to watch on TV. I need to go on walks. I need to hear my own voice. Because when you start allowing your identity to be shaped by your surroundings, really by anything other than your faith or, you know, like the key pillars you are at risk of losing what makes you, you. So you have to get back to the basics. You have to build in time to remember what you like. And whether you're a mom, whether you're a newlywed, whether you're single, it doesn't matter. You have to spend time trying new things and and digging into what, like we said, what fires you up, what your passion is. 
otherwise you're at risk of losing your secret sauce. Yeah. And like you said, it, it starts with know your, know thyself because you can't do the to thy own self be true until you've done the know thyself. Amen. And, and that's an ongoing journey for sure. There's still things I'm always auditing, you know, like what, what, what am I faking forcing? Why did that feel icky? Yes. Even in my business, what is that one thing that I keep saying yes to that I don't want to do? And why do I say yes to this activity after work when I don't want to go and everything. And one of the greatest, I've done so many episodes in the past year, I think four, five, six, maybe about rhythms and routines and margin, because it was so pivotal for me to build in quiet in my brain so I could ask those questions. And the more space that I give myself to be quiet and to think and to just be, the easier I can connect to be like, oh yeah, this feels weird. Why did I do that? Even if it's like, I don't like the curtains. Why did I pick those curtains? I'll replace them. And I I could really take a left into crazy town right now talking about like neurology because like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who is a Christian neuroscient. Oh, she's brilliant. But she talks a lot about brain detoxes, how you have to detox your brain at least 15 minutes a day. And that means sitting and letting purging those thoughts that add up. For me, this happens best. This is so random, but like when you're getting a massage girl and there's nothing there's no, and I, I tell people like, I'm just going to sit here. I got to let my brain purge. And I have the most random thoughts that enter my brain because Girl. I know that it's trying to purge out the junk and the Netflix and the Instagram. I'm getting so excited. For me, it's a long drive. It, Not even a long drive. It's like a 15 minute drive. Yes. That's a brain detox. We have to have it. But right now you you can be so distracted by everything in your life. And that's a big reason too, why people will say, I don't know what I like. Probably because you have too much noise. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get comfortable with yourself. Go to a movie by yourself. Seriously. Go to dinner by yourself. Go on a long walk by yourself. Not in an unsafe way, but just spend more time with yourself so that you can get comfortable. Because if I could go back and make my high school self do anything, it would be going to movies and going to dinner by myself. Mm-hmm. I would force my 18-year-old self to get comfortable with Jansen because I didn't know by filling my time with busyness, what I was really saying is, I don't like myself. Ooh. And if I could go back and say, it's okay not to be go, go, go at all times. You don't always have to have somebody with you. You don't always have to have a friend with you. You need to be so comfortable with yourself because you're the only human you live with until you die. Dang, that's so good. That's the whole episode right there. Woo. I'm telling you, like, I, that's just so true. You have to learn to love yourself because you you can never escape. You're always there. And oh man, I could I could go in three hundred directions from that. So many things we don't have to left hours. into crazy <laughs> Oh no, left in yeah. Woo. Mm, good stuff, good stuff. So how is one way that you think we can get over that fear of vulnerability that's required for us to have authentic connection, whether that's with ourselves or with other people? Um, is there anything that you would say like, yes, this is how we get over that? I won't say this is a catch all for everybody, but I am a deep believer in therapy. Amen. Amen. Um, I honestly go to my therapist more than I go to my dentist. So not to say I have bad teeth, but I'm saying I go to my therapist a lot. Okay. So I think 
therapy has, I don't know if it's a bad rep or if it's a, it's just a stigma. We always talk about why I don't get it. You are going to a human who is unbiased, who doesn't give a crap what you're going to tell them. And you get to process through things that you don't get to with anybody else in the world. Why wouldn't you want that? Seriously. Like it is the best. The the fact I survived 2020 is 90%. Um, Holly Shockley, Thrive Counseling. <laughs> and you got to do the work. I mean, it is the work yes. that you do, but just to have that outside opinion, yes, therapy is phenomenal. Um, any other things that you would say that would help us get through that fear of, oh, it's scary to be vulnerable? Just like anything, vulnerability is a muscle. You have to use it. So you ha- have to grow it. So I would just say take little steps. I did something in 2019 that really helped me. And it was called a risk challenge. I, I'm a huge goal setter. It's part of my personal practice. It's part of my professional practice as a coach. Goal setting is big. I could talk about it all day long. So one of the goals I set for myself, it was 2018 or 2019, was to get more comfortable with risk. So I made a list of 12 things that scared the bejesus out of me. One of which was to karaoke publicly. That's terrifying. That's like for me, I will speak in front of 4,000 people, but you'll never hear me sing karaoke. (laughs) I felt the same way. So I made a list (laughs) and every month I had to tack one thing off the risk list. I think I would rather skydive than do karaoke. That's on your list. So, and the problem is if you skip one month, if you're, especially if you're three goals are big, you can't leave a list unchecked. If you miss one month, you have to double up the next month. I went through that list and by the end of it, my 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 skin was thicker. So good. To, Such a good idea. To the thought of being rejected or the thought of being judged. Because we build it up as the worst thing that could happen is that somebody rejects us. Well, that seems scary, but the worst thing that can really happen is that you end your life, like you get to the end of your life, and you're like, why the crap did I care about that? Mm, yeah. So you have to be willing to, and sometimes force yourself into uncomfortable situations to build your muscle for courage and vulnerability. Gross. Brene Brown, are you going to sponsor me or what? <laughs> hey, Brene, come be a guest. That would be amazing. I would just be like, you ask the questions, girl. Man, that's so good. So good. And like, it does get easier over time, but it's never easy. You know, like it, it incrementally, you're like, I'm a less, I'm less afraid, but that means you can increase the risk. And that's something I learn. Like, as an Enneagram eight, vulnerability is like the worst. It's a curse word, but I don't know of a time in the past few years in my personal growth journey where being vulnerable has hurt me. It's only helped me. Even in instances where people have taken advantage, I'm like, wow, I'm still more equipped and more enabled to like, it's okay to be my authentic self because you can be soft and strong at the same time. And that is something, ooh, it is hard for me to know, but I am working on it. So Jansen, what would you say, what happens? Like, what's the result? Like, let's say I'm really doing the work. I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm in therapy and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take those risks. Like, what, what, is, what happens on the other side of that when I learn to be authentic, when I'm doing that in, as a regular practice? First and foremost, more energy. I mean, inauthenticity is absolutely exhausting. It will suck the life out of you. So when you are more authentic, you will have more energy. So when you say energy, explain that. I'm talking about like mental clarity, 
physical energy in your body. Like you will have more energy because you're going to be more excited because you're not having to fake it. Yeah. Faking it takes three times. I'm making this statistic up. I don't know. It takes three times as much energy to be fake than it does to be real. Somebody scientific quote me on that. But <laughs> I, so the first thing you're going to feel is more energy because you're, you're living into your true, you're, you're in your lane, you're in your flow. Mm. Um, I would say the second thing would be you are attracting better people. Like your community is going to improve. You're going to have deeper relationships and better friendships because so true, yeah. you, you're just going to have such a realness about you and an energy about you that attracts other real people that you're not going to walk away from a situation and have as many vulnerability hangovers as you used to. Mm. You're not gonna be questioning like, Oh my gosh, did I say too much? Or did I, Oh my God. Like I used to have those all the time. Wow. I'm just anxious Annie. Now it's very, very rare that I have those because I'm just so used to being my true self that I'm like, Hey, you know, even when I'm at my worst, y- you don't view me that way. Yeah. Even when I say too many cuss words or I have a moment or I'm negative or whatever that doesn't fit into who I want to be and who the intention of who I'm living out to be. I can trust that because I'm real with you all the time, you know that. And I don't have to explain myself all the time. I don't have to explain so my weaknesses. Ooh, so good. So energy, community, and then I'm just going to say the third would be a, like abundance. Because I believe, especially in business, I'm really big with business owners of we need to figure out what makes you great. We need to figure out your strengths. We need to leverage the hell out of them. Because so often we're trying to measure up to what other people are doing in our industry or competitors. I'm using air quotes right now. But if we would just spend more time leveraging what makes us us and our secret sauce and that little, the special nuance that makes us great, we're going to be attracting more people, more of the right people. So that abundance comes from leveraging your strengths rather than just playing into what other people expect you to do. And it's so true, whether it's business or your friendships or the community you serve um, in, you know, the city, the state where you live, like the more authentic you are, the, the greater, the deeper those relationships can grow. And you don't want to force it and hang out with people that don't want to hang out with you. You don't want to do business with somebody that doesn't want to do business with you. It just makes everything hard, right? It's just adding more struggle to the day-to-day life. So yeah, authenticity, authenticity pays off. Ooh, that's good. Mm. So Jansen, how can we be safe spaces for other people to be authentic? I think keeping that mindset that we are all going to fall short, it's, it's lowering your judgment meter because and this is going to be hard because some people say like, oh, I need to completely scrap everybody that's currently in my life and start over. No, like, <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Um, but it comes to a fact of like, you may need to expand your circle. You know, you may need to um, think a little bit about who you truly are and then and expanding your circle to have people who share your interest or share your hobbies. But you can still do life with the people who know you. But I think that that's one of the most important things is taking those little steps to say, how can I get 1% better? Especially in every way of life, but when it comes to authentic, how can I be 1% more authentic? How can I know myself 1% more? How can I, you know, have a more vulnerable conversation that's just 1% 
more vulnerable than the last time I talked to my husband or the last time I talked to my friend. And when we have that mindset, we can create safer spaces for other people and say, your vulnerability is welcome here. That's so good. I think too, it, it takes intention, which is a hard thing. And there is a, an episode on intentionality with your friends is also applicable to others. But one thing that I love that my sister does is she, she is very, very intentional. She's got five kids, so she's always got 4 million things going on. Um, but she, she's told me in the past, like, Hey, I want to give you my full attention. I need to call you back. Ooh, that's good. And I'm like, girl, the first time she pulled that on me, I was like, yes, queen, call me back. Um, Cause I think that's a, that's a big thing. And I'm really bad about that is I don't want people to think that I don't care. Mm-hmm. But as a three, you know, this about me, I can multitask like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I, I don't know if it's just growing up in the home I did where we just had a lot of stuff going on, but Hey Robin, I, Hey, <laughs> I can tune people out really well, especially if I'm in flow. Cause as, and I don't want to like say my identity rides on the fact that I'm a three. It's just really convenient that a lot, I share a lot of traits mm-hmm. with threes. So I know that productivity is one of my main drivers. Mm. It's how to get more done faster. So if I'm in the middle of something and you call me and you're wanting to have a hard conversation or a, or a really vulnerable conversation, I, I could totally just space out and just put, put myself on mute and just let you ramble while I'm working. Or I could do a heart check and mm-hmm. say, where am I at right now? Am I, in the sp- am I in the space to give this person the attention that they deserve as a person I love? Yeah. And I think busy robs us of so many... It- it's so much worse on the micro level than it is on the macro level. So like the busyness robs me of the ability to slow down and be like, Ooh, Jansen said she wants to talk. Do I have the time? And if it's important to her, we just don't slow down in the moment. It's like, you know, those, um, Instagram reels or even in a movie where it's like, everything's fine. And then slow motion. And it takes that intentionality to be like, Whoa, pause. And then just evaluate. And this is big with relationships. And I think that we need to be talking about this more. I'm the world's worst about scrolling Instagram while I'm having a conversation with, let's say, Sean. And as much as I love to talk, Sean also loves to talk. We could talk to each other until we literally died. Um, But it's really hard for me because I, not every conversation is going to be intentional. Because sometimes we're just verbally processing through the day. But in this new age of social media, of every distraction possible. We, this, our culture, we have to have a, we have to have a lie in the sand. Mm-hmm. This says relationships have to be more important than our numbing out. Because if not, we are going to raise a generation of kids. We're going to raise the next generation that believes that they can multitask and just skate through and miss out on the importance of relationships because we've taught them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it does take you stopping and it's, just like with anything of being true to yourself, when you know yourself, sometimes you have to do checks. How am I doing? Do I need to improve this? Do I need to scale this back? How, how am I doing? You have to give yourself an evaluation the same way you would if you were an employee. That sounds really rigid, but it's true. You have to evaluate, how am I doing with my relationships? How am I doing with my attention? How am I doing with you know, the level of intention I'm putting into my life? You have to check that or else, if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? And that's so good. That's where all of these other resources that we have available to us are so important, like 
coaching and therapy and deep work in relationships, those things are so important. And like you said, we just have to slow it down. Our pace, we're, we're trying to just hit cruise control and go through at 90 miles an hour. And the older I get, the more I realize like, I just can't live like that. And I don't want to hustle has become a dirty word and it's just making me tired because I'm like, you can't hustle all the time. You just, it's physically impossible. You can only give 100%. And so if you're not making room for knowing yourself, being true to yourself, knowing other people, being safe space, like you're, you're losing the worth that is found in life because there's no relationship. There's no depth to relationship, right? Amen. Girl. Girl. Do you have any last thoughts on authenticity before we wrap it up? I think my my one thing that I just want to touch on is like it's not something that is a luxury. Authenticity is not a luxury. It's not something that you can only do once you hit a certain point in your career or once you hit a certain point in your maturity or Mm. in your spiritual growth. You it is something you can find at any time. And you have to. And you have to. And I've I've really struggled with this as um sometimes as a Christian of I want to clean myself up. I want to be further along in my journey. I want to be better or different or, you know, I want to be a better version. But you, if you don't give people the opportunity, opportunity to know you truly, at just stopping the train and letting them know you, you are keeping them back from one of the greatest gifts, which is the opportunity for your story to be turned into something that God can use to serve somebody else. Dang. So okay. it's it's not a luxury. It's not something you can only do once you hit a certain point. You have to choose to do it. Stop the train. Choose it right now. Because the more that you put on the mask, the more that you are missing out. And the more that you are withholding from the people that need to know the real you. Mm, girl, there's nothing from the outside in. There's nothing more exciting and intriguing than being in relationship with someone who is authentic. It's fantastic. Agree. Agree. Jansen, oh my gosh, this conversation, we could go for hours and days, except I need to use the facilities. So, (laughs) you guys don't know this. I'm always having, I have two beverages in front of me all the time. Um, So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Um, Jansen, tell us where we can find you on social media. My, website my best my best self i'm bringing my best self on instagram i'm dabbling in clubhouse you and i both are love it and linkedin i am doing better <laughs> you are good but, job but you can expect to really get the full gamut of jansen on instagram or my website yes we will put the social links into the show notes it's jansen jolly miller.com instagram at what <laughs> The website's wrong. What's the website? No dash. No dash. Great. I just put it there because it's fun, I guess. Okay. Jansen, jollymiller.com. We'll put it right in the show notes. Instagram, Jansen Miller Clubhouse. Jansen Miller, I guess. I don't even know how to use Clubhouse, but I just... Look me up. Yes. If you guys want more of me, who don't? Um... <laughs> who don't? That's my authentic self shining, baby. You can find me at... Um, all the places and grace fills on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn.com slash in slash and grace fills. That's my name. Um, thank you guys for listening so much. I hope you've 
I hope that you have had a blast. I feel like I'm having more fun than anybody listening to this. Maybe I'm just doing this for me and it's okay if I am. Um, Thanks so much for being here, Jansen. Thanks for having me. Go out and be authentic. Okay, Jansen. Rapid fire questions. I always want to insert like a pew, 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 like some kind of foghorn or something. I'm so scared right now. Don't be afraid. Um, what is your favorite pizza delivery? I need the place and the type of pizza. Mm, you I live just, way out. So. We do. We're in the middle of nowhere. So I would just say Marco's. They're the closest. It, I don't convenience even. Convenience. I hardly know what that is. Um, I ate it once at your house, but what type of pizza also is your favorite? Oh, probably really simple. I'm going to do thin crust pepperonis with jalapenos. A lovely cheese pizza just for me. Don't dog cheese pizza. Listen, home alone. Um, What is your morning beverage go-to? Assuming you've already had your morning water. Oh, okay. I was going to say quick 24 ounces of water followed by a cup of coffee. One stevia. How many ounces of coffee? Eight to ten. That's it, huh? Well, followed by good. multiple refills. Okay. I was like, I don't feel like we're <laughs> getting the whole story. Um, what is your favorite pair of shoes? Oh, gosh. This one should be easy. Um, my Ugg house slippers. Oh, my gosh. They're beautiful. They have they, they have look, tread on the bottom. They look like the second pet in your house. <laughs> They're cute, though. Don't even care. Cool. What is your best purchase under $50 you've made recently? I'm going to say my hat. Explain the hat. From Amazon. It was $19. It is a very fashion forward, flat bill, trendy hat that you would find anywhere else for like $150. But I found it on Amazon for 19 because I'm a thrifty. That's amazing. You should probably get an affiliate link for that hat because of how much you wear and how good it looks. Technically, I got it from a very, you know, high-end influencer who did have an affiliate link. Oh, so there it is. The truth her. is out. I paid for her Tulum vacation. It's fine. True story. It's one of the first things I noticed about Jansen is I was like, dang, that girl can wear the heck out of a hat. It looks so good. And it inspired me. And I asked for her for hat advice. And then I won a hat on Instagram, <laughs> which was $99. See? Retail price. $99. Um, and it's gorgeous and I love it. And my sister makes fun of me and I don't care because I love it. And here's the deal. With the dirty hair, don't care. Girl, this curly hair, you got two days max. That third day you have to have a hat mm-hmm. or you got to have a clip. There's no option. Um, Jansen, if you could travel anywhere tomorrow, where would you go? I would go to Mount Vesuvius in Italy. I would do a Positano trip and I would spend a lot of time in Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius. Okay, my eyes just got so big. I was not expecting Mount Vesuvius. Maybe it's because I keep seeing those Alexa commercials where they're like, (laughs) Alexa, where was Mount Vesuvius? When did Mount Vesuvius, or, well, yeah, Mount Vesuvius explode. That is maybe one of the most interesting answers I've ever had to this question. And I have 300 follow-up questions we'll do when we're not on air. <laughs> wow. Okay. You think you know someone. And then Didn't they're like, that take me to Pompeii. <laughs> I need to see the people entombed. Fine. Okay, cool. Um, okay, last rapid fire question. Tell us about your beautiful dog, Murray, in three sentences. Mm, furry, loyal, grunty. That was three words, but you had three senses, but... Oh, 
wasn't paying attention. Grunty. She doesn't grunt that much. Oh, she does she's like so when she's happy. She is she's awesome. We got her from a rescue and um, I'm pretty sure she's like five years old. I have no idea how old she is. She's super cute. I was way more than three sentences, but I'll allow it. My bad. <laughs> I gave you three words and you wanted more. So <laughs> it's my own fault. Okay, cool. Thank you again for listening. More than anything, my goal is to help you get your yay back in life and business. So I know that there was something valuable today, at least one nugget that's going to stick with you and roll around in your brain and hopefully cause you to act or to implement change in your daily life. Now to connect with my friend Jansen, you can find her on social media at Jansen Miller, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N Miller, or JansenJollyMiller.com. We'll have those links in the show notes. Uh, You can also follow Jansen uh, and myself on Clubhouse, where they're hanging out occasionally, Jansen Miller or Strategic Hype if you're looking for me. Um, I I hope you had a great time hanging out with us today. Please, please, please like this podcast in your app. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it. Share the goodness. If there's something that's helping you, hopefully it'll help someone you love as well. Thank you so much for listening and go punch today in the face.